Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you're listening to this. You are joined on the... Uh, we are joined. Fuck me. We are joined on the 30th episode of The Strongcast by a very special guest, someone who is notoriously hard to pin down, Tyler Cook, world-famous blue-tick bodybuilder, known the world over for <laughs> photoshopping his pictures and never competing. Tyler, welcome. Oh, fuck, man. You done me good there. You didn't tell me that was starting like that. Well, that's that's a, a, an accurate description, is it not? Yeah, it is, to be fair. to, to Yeah. So just... if you don't yeah. follow Tyler, what have you been doing? But um, it, Tyler Cookzilla on Instagram, is it? Yeah, mate. And, and just so everyone knows, I don't think I'm a gorilla or anything like that. It was an Xbox Live name years <laughs> before. I don't um, think I'm uh, massive or anything. It is just a... Tyler is genetically one of the most gifted bodybuilders um, that we have at Strom um, and one of the most gifted bodybuilders that I know. Um, He doesn't shout enough about his own abilities and um, he hasn't been on stage for, what are we now, four, five years? Definitely longer, mate. I think it's seven. Seven years. Seven years since Tyler last hit a stage. So there are a lot of expectations on Tyler for when he next gets on stage. Um, Straight into it, Tyler, when will that be? So the whole thing with with competing record, I know I've explained this before. I I don't particularly enjoy bodybuilding competitions. I never have. It's my metric for my own success. And and honestly, I like getting good photos because we can't stay in shape forever. And and it sounds really weird and really shallow and stuff. But I just think like some amazing lighting on stage, the moments like that's the fun part for me. And it doesn't. I don't. I'm not that interested in competing in that sense. So for me, I just want to be like. This, not Dorian Yates-esque, it's a silly comparison, but I want to be like, when I compete, I want it to be a specific reason. Like, I'm going to do it 100%. I just need it to be, like, when we spoke to Sasan and he was like, well, I did my first show at 27. And I'm like, not enough bodybuilders do that these days. I competed at at 18 years old and it's like... You don't want to compete every year and just make incremental gains. You want to turn up, make a statement, fuck off. That's what bodybuilding should be. It should always be like... The buildup of a show should be like, I can't wait to see what this guy's done. I haven't seen him in ages. As That's a promoter, I absolutely think you should compete every year and make incremental. <laughs> um, but I completely appreciate the sentiment. And, and you're right, because lots of us will be thinking, well, what the fuck is Tyler going to look like? You know, after all that hype, is he going to come in looking like mashed potatoes? Is he going to come in looking like a mini Dorian? Nobody knows. And until you turn up, we don't know. I think I don't know either, mate. And I think that's what what really gets me. And on being around people like Matt, Matt Tofton and and Sass and them telling me, listen, you know, you've got something, blah, blah, blah. That's made me believe a lot more because I'm not someone that particularly thinks I'm... That's why I was editing my pictures so heavily in the beginning because I was... That's true, because I was deluded. A little bit of clarity. You weren't actually editing your pictures, were you? Well, sorry, editing by, like, I was overstructuring. I was sharp. Like, I was... We all do that. that, But, I mean, mean, if you look back, they were ridiculous. So so Tyler kind of shot to fame, as it were. Um, Was it Generation Iron? Shared a did a did a, yeah, ba- a little article. Basically, I posted um, a bit of a posing video. It's still up, and they just said it was a big compliment, actually. And I didn't mean to do what I did. It was a big compliment. They said this guy looks so good, he looks photoshopped. Because even on my videos, people do say I look quite cartoonish, and you are very. I, you're very I can't edit those, so people do say that. And they said that, and I just put on Facebook like, "Oh, these guys think I'm photoshopped. That's hilarious." Blah blah. blah. That's cool compliments, and then. The Liverpool, uh, the Echo picked it up and then it was a free-for-all, Lad Bible, Men's Health, CNN, Fox News. Because nothing gets the British general public out of the chair faster than someone who takes steroids. Yeah. So they love posting that article. Because I was just getting like two, 3,000 comments of, you're going to be dead next year, you look shit, what's the point? <laughs> Ideal, <laughs> yeah. Ideal. 
Well, shows them you're not dead yet. Not yet. Um, one day. The reason I wanted to speak to Tyler today, um, and it's something that we touched on. If you go on to um, oh, what's it? NeverSettleFilm.com, um, all of the training videos that Tyler did with Josh Maley and Matt Tofton are on there. Um, but one of the things Matt talked, um, sorry, Tyler talked about quite a bit then um, was his mindset and approach to training. And, and Tyler, Tyler and Matt um, and Josh, to be fair, all three of them. The reason we got them together is because they've all got a maybe a not a simplistic but a more back to basics approach to training um despite the fact that they all train differently matt josh and um tyler all train differently yeah. um all three of them kind of are fans of this simple works and just working hard um and i think that's interesting particularly given that you are an online coach you do have a big online following and your your approach is still pretty much meat and potatoes bodybuilding yeah and i don't i don't think it will change because I just, I just found that when you find something that works, it's best to stick to it. And I think my answer is never sexy, Rick, when it comes to this topic, it's actually really boring. And that's why I don't get as much traction as maybe, you know, other online coaches. And it's not because, you know, my method isn't necessarily worth it. It's just, it's not sexy. It's not something new. It's not something people haven't tried before. I just realized that not enough people and still now I'll still say it, do the big five, six lifts, you know, squat, dead bench, overhead press, uh, some really nasty horizontal row. Uh, I'll probably miss one dips. Like, it's just basic shit, man. And they don't do it to a very high level. They think... Go on about dips before, bad. haven't you? I always go on about dips. Like, I just don't see... Ah, oh, don't mean... I just think, like, if you're not doing dips and you're not doing chins and you're listening to this podcast now and it's like, you're like, oh, I haven't done that, do them. They yeah. are, they are, just do them. Wait, them, do whatever you can, just do them. Introduce them. That pull down hasn't got shit on a, on a chin up. I'll argue mm. with anybody. I'm aware people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, but if you are a bodybuilder and you can't do pull-ups, you need to seriously have a word with yourself. I, I have said that, and I've said it's interesting with, with, with that, because if you look at the greatest physiques of all time, or at least in my opinion, like the Arnold Golden era, even some of our greatest in the 90s, they could move their body weight fucking well. Yeah. Like big, nasty dips, big, nasty chin-ups. And if you look at like maybe some of the modern guys that aren't too appealing, this mutant look, they tend to not be able to do a single chin up. Though they can stack a lap pull down all day, but yeah. they can't pull their own fucking body weight up. And I think to me, if you can't pull your own body weight up for a single rep, your off season's gone too far. You're not a body. I just you've just lost. It's, it's, I don't want to use a CrossFit term, but it's that functional fitness. I think the thing with dips and and with pull ups that you get with both of them is you get a you get a larger degree of stretch yeah. that you don't get on a lap pull down. You, you don't get the same stretch on a lap pull down that you do hanging off a a, a pull up bar. It's true and it's dynamic, like dynamic movements are quite lost. Bodybuilders are very static. We're very, we're very, in what we do, we're very robotic, but things like chin-ups, the whole body is quite dynamic in the whole exercise and same with dips. They're like, I compare them to squats. They're like a squat. They're just, everything is just working. So the argument I hear against things like chins and dips quite often is that people don't feel it in the muscle. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> and I, look, I, 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 I'm not a good bodybuilder. It's been a long time since I've been in shape, but I always had a big barrel chest. Yeah. And um, I always benched. I always was good at bench. And um, I don't particularly feel bench in my pecs, but find me a big muscly cunt. Find me someone with a big chest that doesn't have a big bench. You can have people with a... Yeah. Or find me someone with a big bench that doesn't have a big chest, I should say. You can have people with a big yeah. chest that don't have a big bench, yeah. but very rarely the other way around. Um, do you feel the same applies to things like chins and dips? In well, I was going to say... It doesn't necessarily matter if you feel it. I put a post out maybe 2016 and I still quite stand by it. I think as I've got more advanced, I've looked into this more, but who I don't feel fucking anything. Like what the whole inside Tyler. 
Yeah, <laughs> there's that. But it's people who go like, oh, I don't feel that exercise too well, bro. I'm like, oh, so what do you want to do? They want to stand there and fanny about and put the bands on and the cables on and the cuffs and oh, breathe through it and feel every single morsel of every fiber. That's why they don't grow. Um, the way, I, I don't want to quote Jordan Peters directly, but I think it is a direct quote. It's something like, something's moving that weight. Like if you're doing a bench press, that weight's getting moved by your muscle. You don't need it to be absolutely on fire, screaming in pain to know that. And I've never chased a pump. I've never chased feeling. I just do exercises properly. Do you know what I mean? Like that's like I do. And I then you record it all in your book, yeah? Well, I don't particularly log book <laughs> to that extent anymore. But I, I did say in the video of Matt that the hybrid between me, Matt and Josh was that I do log my compounds. Matt yeah. doesn't log anything and Josh logs everything. And that was our big game. Um... And all three of you have made massive progress. I think, I, think the, I think Matt's argument is always that look, one day you might go in the gym and feel like shit. Which I and, love that. And, and other days you will feel like an absolute monster. Yeah. Um, and on the days you feel like a monster, you should push to that rather than just stick to your book. We, I we love that, of, yeah. I see the argument both ways. Um, I do see the argument both ways. I just, like so, you said, I do believe that if, I do believe you're not going to get a bigger set of shoulders than a man that can control 100 kilo overhead press for 10 reps. Like, I, that's just, I believe that. I've never been injured, you know, et cetera. I, I, I don't feel things. What do you fucking feel when you're doing a 100 kilo overhead press? You don't yeah, feel no, the no. delt. Yeah, you just, you, at most. You're lifting the weight up. That's it. You're moving that weight and staying, yeah. staying in control. That's it. So don't and, chase and the pump. You said for that, that all over body conditioning as well. What's that? Sorry, man. There's something to be said for that all over body conditioning. Yeah. If, you're, if you're pressing 100 kilos overhead, you're also working your core. You're also working your stabilizing muscles. Your, your legs are involved to an extent, you know? There's a lot to be said for things that just stress you out. And I think that, again, is another. I think like there's nothing like again, you know, Rick, you're a fucking strong guy. We've done some presses together. There's not standing up with a hundred kilo over your head on an axle or a big bar. You cannot compare that to a fucking Cybex seated press machine. It's not the same thing. It's not it? ever going to be the same thing. And that, that must make a difference. I think physiologically yeah. it will have its, it will have its benefits that people so, aren't looking into. When I post this, um, cause I actually know the person who edits the guy who edits our podcasts will, will be interested in your podcast. Um, when I post this, I'll post some pictures of kind of where you came from and where you are now. Yes. I think um, the two things are, are one, you, your transformation has been enormous, but yes. also it's it's been, it's not been slow. It's been the appropriate amount of time that it should take. But yes. I think people don't get the timeframes. So if people are looking at this and they kind of, what's a nice way of putting if people are small? If you listen to this and you're starting out, you've been training for a year or so, and you're kind of a men's physique type build, and you aspire to be where Tyler is at. Um, oh, I've just offended men's physique type build. Men's That's got to be. <laughs> if, you're, if you're small, but you want to be big. I mean, look, I like men's physique. I think um, at the last show, some of the men's, there was a guy called Shiraz who was men's physique, and he looked fucking amazing. Like, if I were a girl, Men's physique is definitely the guys that I would want to be taking out That's, to a club yeah, with me. Because they're probably, probably going to have sleep enough. apnea. Or, oh, no, and they're going to live long enough to look after you as well. That's yeah, but the whole point of men's physique, as I thought, was that it was a stepping stone to bodybuilding. It was to make it more accessible for people who have been training for a few years so they didn't have to train for 10 years to go to bodybuilding. My, yeah. not issue, but my kind of, oh, I'm not so sure about with men's physique now, is that it's well, it's not a stepping stone anymore. It's the target. We're losing good bodybuilders to men's physique. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know what? Maybe they're the smart ones because of the reasons we mentioned before. But yeah. you've got a young guy. He's coming up. He's maybe thinking of competing yeah. in men's physique in a year or two, but he wants to be where you're at eventually. 
what are the the two or three things that you would perhaps suggest that he avoid wasting his time on and what are the two or three things that you would suggest he he should definitely put the work in on so i mentioned this in a story recently and it wasn't a pitch it was not a sales pitch um I trained not. I tried training at 16 during the Royal Marines. Long story short, I decided Royal Marines weren't big enough. Sorry, boys. I'm a massive fan of the Royal Marines. I think they're fucking badasses, by the way. But I just didn't think I wanted to be Arnold. Anyway, I trained natural till I was 21. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously started anabolics. And then obviously here I am, 26, as of, to, as of yesterday. Now, if I'd have got a coach and if I'd have looked at a professional early on, I'd have saved three or four years. That is, that is, and that's not a pitch. It's, it's genuine. Yeah. Because the internet's different now, but I think it's more confusing than ever. When I started training, there was nothing out there. You know, you were watching Mike Chang six pack shortcuts. That's what I was oh, watching. I mean, I I've been training now for. I mean, I, I I like to tell people that I've been training for eighteen years now because I started <laughs> at sixteen or fifteen, but I haven't because I've not really trained for the last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but when I started training, you just looked at the big guys at the gym and kind of tried to follow them without them knowing you were following them, and that was it. Yeah. Which is, which I, you know, there's warrants in that, but obviously for me, I didn't have that many big guys for the first year and a half because I trained at a shitty commercial gym because you've got to do that to build your confidence. And I just, I just wasted three or four years listening to, you know, like you said, me, you know, the wrong big guy or one big guy said this, the other big guy didn't say, like, I just needed some direction. And if I'd have had that, I'd have saved three or four years because I was figuring everything out myself. But then, you know, it is important to trial and error. But if you're really into bodybuilding, you know, time will tell if you're into bodybuilding, by yeah. the way. If anyone's out there going, I want to be a bodybuilder and they talk the talk. We'll see you in 10 years because that's the time frame that you're going to need to truly see if you're anything. And that's important to understand. It's not going to happen over the next 12 months. No, I said to people, if you want to look like a bodybuilder, I've trained 10 years now. Like, let's say 10 years. I'll say it's 10 years. And and only in the last year, I maybe started to like the way I looked. Since I met you, really. Since I was introduced to people like Matt. Because you've met me. Yeah, because I met you and, and you just kept, you know... I, I made you into a bodybuilder. Yeah. yeah, I believe. The nine years it. previous. Yeah. So if you want to be a bodybuilder, make friends with me. Um, Basically. And um, long story short, that's that's how long it takes. So don't you know get warped on the time frame. But it, it honestly, is difficult. You know, in, education's Instagram, important. Instagram is full of pictures of guys that have made massive progress over what they tell you are, are twelve months or, or or a couple of years. Oh, mate. And, my favorite is the, you know, when people say. Oh, I've trained, I've trained 10 years, but I've only started taking it serious the last two. So I've probably yeah. trained two years. Like you'll get that a lot on Instagram all the time. Like it's incremental gains as well, you know, um, exponential, exponentially diminishing return, diminishing returns. Um, you might put on 30 pounds of muscle in your first year training, and then you might put on 15 in your second year training, and then you might put on five in your third year training, and then you might get to the point where actually you put on two or three pounds of good tissue a year. Well, I exploded um, till about 22, and at 22, I was probably as good as I am now. But I needed three years off my mental health and my body dysmorphia and shit. But at 22, now I, I, I just I could probably put another 20 pounds on. I reckon I'd be like 215 lean. I mean, if I'm lucky, I've yeah. got 20 pounds in me, and that's gonna take fucking everything. I know because yeah. I'm not like working that hard now, drugs and chemicals wise. But that would take my soul for that 20 yeah. pound, you know. And how long do you reckon you'd have to work for that? What three years? Well, my vision is to be the best Tyler at like 32, 35 years old. And then I'll probably come away from bodybuilding and go into yeah. something different. So realistic times, guys. We're looking at another 10 years. Another 10 years. But yeah. I would hopefully look like a god. Yeah. Well, I mean, you would, you would hopefully look a lot like Flex Lewis by that point. Yeah. And if not, less Welsh. I want a refund, yeah. Yeah. Um, and all that time wasted. <laughs> I didn't expect you to say hire a coach, but I... I get the logic behind it. I mean, maybe, um, maybe not even hire a coach, but look at education. Like, look for figures to follow and don't follow fucking seven of them or three of them. Follow one. 
like that, that, that could probably be it. Like just follow a fucking methodology. I got hooked on Dorian, blood yeah. and guts, Dorian Yates. And I was like, wow, that's, that works. That makes yeah. sense to me. I'm going to stick to that. But look, if you would mention him twice in one podcast, but if you decide that you subscribe to the church of Jordan Peters, or you subscribe to the church of Matt Tofton or yeah. Josh or any of these guys, as long as you, you're not going to go far wrong with any of them, as long as you, you stick know. with it. It, it, they're all good churches. Just fucking stay in in your in your church, man. Because that is the biggest problem. Oh, I've done six weeks of Jordan's plan, Tyler. What are you doing? You're the opposite, Matt. Oh, Matt, what's Matt doing? Like you fucking, you need years. Yeah. You need years to allow these these changes to occur. And I think I don't know if I'm a good bodybuilder because I'm just fucking patient. Like that's that might be one of my but, but the best methods. bodybuilders out there. Like, look, um, James Hollingshead is an example I always use of someone who's militant with his, um, yeah. like. I, I, I was privileged enough to spend a bit of time with James when just before he got his pro card and when he got his pro card. Um, and um, I've never met a guy that is more routine structured, like just day in, day out, does the same shit and has done for, for 10 years. Um, yeah. And I remember when he was first coming up through the British and, you know, he always looked good, but the people go, oh, well, you know, he's going to go to the British, but that's as far as he'll go. Or he's going to win the British, but that's as far as he'll go. He's going to get a pro card, but that's right. And he, he keeps on surprising people because he is capable of just doing the same shit day in, day out for years on end. Yeah, it's probably worth mentioning with James, like like you said, uh, Rick, like fucking, what, could you seriously tell James to change his training style now? Like, he obviously works. Like, I think that's what people forget. Like, if you've built your first 50 pounds following whoever, Matt Tofton's training style, why yeah. the fuck do you think your next 50 are going to come from Milo Sarchev's? Do you know, it's just, it's, so it's a crazy mindset. Matt and we mentioned James. James obviously is massively strong. How important is lifting heavy weights? Oh, this is the hard one, man. This is the hard one. Um, I think it's important, but I think there's a lot, there's a lot to be said for how you transition in bodybuilding. Like, I do think you'll find most, if not all, good professional bodybuilders are were fucking strong at some point. What they do later on is always debatable. But, but that's the same with PED use. You know, a lot of guys that our pros will talk about only needing to use small amounts. Every single yes. guy I know that's massive at some point pushed it. Um, well, it takes a lot less to maintain than it did to build. So. The, the perfect example with this, I always think, is Kai. Kai Green. Kai Green loves to talk about it. It's not about heavyweight. It's about form. While he sits there and perfectly <laughs> squats, you know, seven or eight plates for 20 reps. He might be the strongest fucking bodybuilder I've ever seen. Like, I think yeah. he did 220 incline, two, 220 kilo incline for 10 reps. Yeah. Like, it was fuck all. And he talks about, you know, perfect form. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not using heavy weights. But no, I definitely, I believe, I know me and Matt, this is where me and Matt differ a little. I do believe heavy weights, but with perfect form. I, you yeah. know. I, I think I heavy weights heavy weight weight density. Um, I... I think there needs to be a little bit of aggression behind what you're doing in the gym, a little bit of testosterone fueled ridiculousness. Yes. Um, yes. I, yeah, I think with all these things, that, that there is a, it's somewhere in the middle where the, where the truth is found. You know, if you lift everything with perfect yes. form, but you're only ever lifting three pound dumbbells, nothing's going to happen. And if you throw yeah. 50 pound dumbbells, yeah. If you because people love to take things to extremes, don't they? Like when you talk about protein shakes, someone goes, oh, well, if, if someone only drank protein shakes, are you saying they get the same results as someone who ate steak and chicken? Like, well, no, but no one fucking does that because that's retarded. And I think it's the same with training. If you take <laughs> things to their extreme, if you just lift massive weights with no form, that's bad. And if you just lift no weight but with perfect form, that's bad. However, however, 
if you got one cunt that lifted no weight with perfect form and one cunt that lifted massive weight with no form, I think the guy that lifts massive weights with no form is probably going to make better progress initially. I, himself. I've always said, mate, that it's not what you do, it's how you do it. And I have said there's always going to be a lad out there training some shit buckets of a gym who's going to blow his kid away, who's, who's all about science and execution and performance. So there has got to be a middle ground. I think the whole heavyweight concept, I think, again, it's relative. And I talked with Matt about this on a podcast we did. It's so relative because, and I thought about this more, like I've done some big lifts before. And then if I just change the tempo, because I, I basically, I did 140 kilo, kilo incline for three sets of 10 reps. And that was the same as Jay Cutler was doing on his cut above DVD. My yeah. chest wasn't the same size as Jay Cutler's. So I was like, what the fuck's going on? Then I realized Jay Cutler had 60 second rest periods between, and he was taking the negatives a second longer than me. And then yeah. I tried that, couldn't do 120. So heavyweight is relative to the execution. Yeah. So I, what I guess I'm saying is go heavy, but also like don't be upset that, you know, in an ideal world, we'd all have legs like Flex Lewis, but we'd have to squat two plates. Like that would be ideal because our joints are going to be better off. Yeah, yeah you know, absolutely. Off I, think, mindset's I think the going to be better off. something like that before actually. Um, I mean, it, and it's not linear, is it? Strong bastard as well. It's, it's not. What's yeah, that? well, that's it. Nathan's strong as fuck as well. But it, it's not linear, you know. Um, you've met the powerlifters we've got down here. Reese, Reese's legs are ridiculously strong. Like he can hack squat more than anybody I've ever met. And his legs are big, but they're not. They're not bodybuilder ridiculous big. Well, this is where again, th th this is why bodybuilding has so many coaches, and it's why it's got so much topic on it because it's so fucking subjective. It's unbelievable. Um, like you've just said, you've got powerlifters out there that can do the most unbelievable numbers that have legs like a footy player. Yeah. And then you've got bodybuilders that can't move shit that look like balloon animals. Now, I yeah. think what's important is, you know, at the very core of it all, like you've mentioned, they've got a perfect mix between control and chaos and application. Because yeah. if you're fucking like, a, if you're trying to apply things like a madman, sooner or later, you're going to find the right strategy. And even if there isn't a right strategy, I think the right strategy, like you've said, it's somewhere in between everyone's. It's what you can apply yourself to. If you can't commit to a program for two years without expecting to look like Big Rami, you're finished. Yeah. You need to you need to see beyond that. As soon as you start wanting results out of bodybuilding, it's gonna it's gonna bore the debt, bore you to shit, bore the shit out of you, mate, because it's not like that, mate. You, it's like watching grass grow. Well, bodybuilding you used to I mean? be when I started, it was something you did because you enjoyed it. Um, exactly, and, and you you weren't filming it. There weren't. I've talked about this before, and I sound like a boring old cunt. But me and me and actually a friend of mine who who helps me out on the production side of things now, Justin. We used to go to the gym every night because we loved it. And we, I don't think I've got a single photo or video from then because it just wasn't a done thing. We went because we wanted to go. Um, and I wonder how many people would still train if that was the way it was now. Well, I said this to everyone, mate. Like you asked me about competing. If I didn't have to compete again, I would still train. Like it doesn't, I just train because it's part of my day. It's part of what I do. I like the bodybuilding thing. Like I just enjoy it. It's not a case of like some people, no offense, but it's like, oh, I've got to get big for that show in six months or I'm going to look shit. Like, you know, I think you can stress yourself into skinniness, man. Some people just need, I spoke to people like, I wish just I want it too much. <laughs> oh, you can't stress yourself into abs. You can stress <laughs> yourself into a lack of muscle. Yeah, well, I've but done I that. Kind of, like, some people want it too much. <laughs> Some people want it too much, mate. They come to me and they're like, oh, I need it, mate. I need it. You don't, you need, if you, the minute you need things you need from Jesus. bodybuilding, you need Jesus because you're going to be on six minute trend a week, fucking 20 at nap 50 a day. When you need things in bodybuilding, it's going to kill you. You just and, need to be like, um, food, how important is food and how important is really complicated, fancy food? Or, so, what's your, what's your philosophy on diet? Because me and you have never talked about diet. You just occasionally say that you're eating more 
or you're eating less. And that's about as detailed as you go in. It, I'll be honest on this podcast, mate, because I think I'm going to go into a phase of my life where I actually take bodybuilding very seriously. Whether you believe me or not, I don't really care. You'll see it by my progress. But Matt Tofton knows well. Anabolic-wise, dosage-wise, I don't do a fucking thing. In fact, I'm six weeks late to do a thing at the moment. And for me, food has been the only thing that I've been consistent with. Fuck training. Food has been... And it's not about good food either. I just eat my calories every day. That's what I do. Um, I use my fitness pal. Listen, you're going to get the weirdest answer out of me. I use my fitness pal. I, I just don't eat much fruit and veg. I'm sorry. I'm just going to be straight with everyone. And I just eat me fucking food, mate. Like I eat my four or 5,000 calories a day every single day. You could take my fitness pal away. I'd still eat that much. Like it's just how I am. Yeah. If there's and, one and thing I've done in 10 years, it's be very consistent. Naturally, you're, you're a slim boy, aren't you? I started training at nine stone and I'm now 18 stone four. Yeah, I think so. I think Reese has a similar thing and that he just needs to put the food away. If you are that kind of body type, I think if you are someone who's coming up and you are naturally skinny, it's hard to appreciate how hard you have to work in terms of putting the food away. If you've you're naturally a fat cunt like me, don't follow that advice. <laughs> well, you've just, you've got to get good at eating. And again, this is why bodybuilding is one of the stupidest sports in the world. Cause one, you don't really get paid, but two, because it takes everything. Like, yeah. If you're not training, you're worrying about how you look. If you're not worrying about how you look, you're fucking thinking about food. And if you're not thinking about food, you're worrying about how much sleep you're going to get. It just hits you from every angle, man. And I think I think food has been, though, if I could say one thing's been consistent in 10 years, it's been my food. I'm fat now, but it's been food. Like, I've yeah. always eaten. I've never not eaten. It doesn't matter what's happened, mate. It doesn't matter what. I've missed anabolics, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, I've missed that. I've missed training sometimes. In COVID, I didn't train for nine months. Um, but I've never missed my food. I've always eaten. And I think I think that's definitely underrated. Without food, you could just not grow. Yeah. Yeah. I certainly in the in the in the those of you with a, a faster of metabolism, definitely that, that food thing cannot be overstated. Um doesn't sound like you worry too just much. Just know about, that if you don't eat enough food, you just Yeah. It sounds like you don't worry too much about getting this particular mono and saturated fat at that particular time of day. I don't give a shit, man. Yeah. What's I'm working on workout? I, I have a medley, so I have four different ones. But that's again something new for me. That's something new for me. Intra workouts. I use um a company called Strom does a product. <laughs> What's it called, man? It's not Hydromax, it's called a Glycomax. Hydromax. Carbomax. 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 Yeah. Carbomax um cotton candy. Yeah, I use Carbon Max, uh, three scoops of that intra workout now. And I'll be honest, I'm liking that. I do yeah. like that. Like, that's something I've been interested in. As someone um, who has to be a big eater, I mean, that's 75 grams of your carbs for the day. Knocked out, isn't it? That's... Exactly. When I eat 500 grams of carbs a day and I look and worry about my waist getting blown because pros blow their waist all the time. Yeah. And I think it has something to do with food consumption. If I can just plug 75 gram of carbs in in a very easy form without bloating myself or stretching my stomach, yeah. I really enjoy that. So that's an interesting so thing that, in terms of uh, blown waste, because I, I, I personally think the blown waste is a combination of a lot of things, but the biggest thing is just volume of food. Do you think that I that, agree. because I think a lot of people just accept, look, in the off season, I'm just walking about bloated 8% of the time. They give up on controlling their midsection, they just let it go. Do you think that that then leads to it being difficult to get back in later on? I think it's dead. I think it's quite simple. Like I eat 4,000 calories now to maintain my body mass. And if I was to get lean and, and cut down, I'd probably be eating like 2,500 near the end. Now, if you think of Phil Heath or Big Ramy, they probably diet on three and a half thousand, four thousand calories because that's what they need to maintain their physique. Yeah. But their stomach size, stomach shrink and expand, uh, shrink and expand according to obviously food intake. Now their stomach size is essentially as big as mine is right now. Mine's blown right now, yeah. but they're holding that 
while being shredded. So that's why I think yeah. with insulin and all that, but I think that might be the big reason. They're just in the off-season, they're way up at yeah. six, seven, eight. Yeah. Five. They're just big, mate. Kevin Lerone was probably dieting. Those 90s dudes were probably dieting on like fucking 2,000 calories, mate. Their stomach probably couldn't fit an egg in it. I think Kevin These Lerone big boys now, they need that much food. Was, was it Kevin that used to do white fish and veg six times a day for the last few weeks? I feel like he did. Yeah. I feel like that was Kevin. And I, feel um, like I no don't know. I've, I've done the white fish thing towards the end of a diet before. And the one thing I will say it's good for is just food volume. It feels like you're eating nothing. You know, it's but not like good for thinning your skin. Um, <laughs> you know, you might as well just eat slightly less volume-wise of chicken, but but fish just disappears down to nothing. I like fish. White fish, I still eat in the off-season. White fish and rice. Yeah, you're weird. Um, but I'm weird. But yeah, if anyone's know my food choices, they're dead simple. Like I was going to say to you, mate, I, I do eat relatively clean for the big bulks of my meals, but I'll have one gram per pound of protein per body, uh, per gram of body weight. So, yeah. you know, I eat 230 grams of protein. Um, carbs just make up, I have 60 to 80 gram of fat and carbs make up the rest. There's no magic formula. Yeah. And, and, and kind of bodybuildery food choices or? Yeah, I just eat things I enjoy. So like hex sausages, bagels, white potatoes, obviously yeah. sugary things around training. Yeah, um, just basic stuff, mate. I wouldn't even oats, like just. But I enjoy all that stuff, rice and chicken. I like I prep me, uh, mince and rice and stuff and pastas and. Uh, I, I like McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, that's like Subway. It's a disgusting. Just like a McDonald's, is that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Okay. Well, I think we've covered quite a lot of ground there. Um, we're going to hopefully get um, get you and Tofton together again for a follow up to your training video because that's actually been really popular. Um, yeah, so we'll do that at some point in the future. Um, but thank you very much for coming on and um, and talking about kind of your your thoughts and methodologies on training. Is there anything you want to plug? Uh, no, just just Strom Sports Nutrition. They're a good yeah, company. They're okay. <laughs> I swear I'm I'm gonna gun to my head. Nah, yeah. no. In all seriousness, mate. No, I'm. Um, I'd probably. If, if people want to get in touch with you about no nonsense coaching. Oh, I mean, yeah. I guess I could plug me coaching. I mean, your your actual job. Well, I just, you know what? My whole brand is just, I'm the last stop and a lot of the line for a lot of people, mate. They go to a lot of people before they come to me and then they finally come to me and they've made the right decision. I, I like to be the guy they find, not the guy that asks for them. But since I'm here, yeah, you know where you can find me if you want to know a little bit more about what I've done. I tend to attract the people that were skinny and want to get big because at the end of the day, I am a big believer. I don't want to start another argument on the podcast, but I'm a big believer that, you know, if you want to learn about money, go to someone that's got money. If you want to learn about Property, go to someone that's got property. And if you want to learn about how to get skinny and get fucking jacked. Okay, just to, somebody just to protect my ego, what about going to someone who has done it but doesn't do it anymore? Would that be okay? Oh, no, that, that counts. Because I also defend people and say that the F1 people who built the cars can't drive them. I do. I do. I yeah, have yeah. that. But when I'm trying to make money, Rick. I've got to be a bit more. I've got to be a bit more biased and, and polarizing. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I generally, I think, look, coaching-wise, I'm pretty good. Um, not that I coach, but I do a bit of consult work. I used to be very big and I lost a lot of weight. I'm quite good at helping with that. Um, and I'm quite good at the off-season stuff, prep and things I was shit at. So I'm probably not your guy. Um, well, no, for you, I'd say I'd trust you 10 times. I'd trust you over me for a, for a, in case anyone cares, bodybuilding coaching and things like that, chemicals, and I'm not the man. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I, I said a few weeks ago, and probably going off topic for the podcast, but I spoke a few weeks ago about, I've, I've been getting lots of people asking me questions. And the problem is I don't get back to a lot of people because I just don't get the time. So I said, look, rather than rather than fobbing people off or giving people short answers, if people really want my time, I've set up a thing on the website so you can book in for a consult call, 15 minutes, half an hour, an hour, 
paid for my time, but because you've paid for my time, it's my job. You're going to get my full attention. Um, and I've had quite a bit of interest on that in terms of chemistry, chemistry set yeah, yeah. questions. Um, hey, if you're telling me the amount of online coaches out there now, no offence, and you're telling me someone that's been in the game 20 years, that's making some of the leading edge supplements in the country, that's, that's been a powerlifter, that's been a bodybuilder, hasn't got the right to be fucking coaching people. Yeah, I, I'm in the wrong I, I find the coaching thing hard because because I think, and, and you'll get this, I've done it in the past a long time ago, but you end up with a lot of people that you're that are paying you to be your fr- be their friend. Yeah. And, yeah, and I always found that really hard. You've got it. This is a podcast within itself. I've luckily been coaching since I'm 16 years old. I started physically group training, 50 people sessions. Like, long story short, it's a lot more complex than it seems. Setting up barriers, systems, and 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 actually being a benefit to someone's life. But mate, yeah, you know, a lot of the time people people think you're there to just talk to them, and it's it's hard to manage, man. It's not easy. No, absolutely. So, um, consults, I like that. You know, I want to talk to you, Rick, about trend for half an hour. There you go. There's half hour of my time where I'm completely at your disposal, and then I switch it off and I'm done. Um, so I'm I'm enjoying that at the moment. It keeps my keeps my brain brain active. Which I would recommend people to do, by the way, because not enough people know about drugs, and I don't know anything about drugs. So I would, um, if you don't know about drugs, ask a fucking professional. You only ask that once. Pay Rick for three hours. You'll never have another fucking drug question. Do you know what I mean? Well, I don't yeah. do that these days. It's underrated advice. Though, just fucking pay someone, sit down, you learn. Well, that's it's an education it. thing, you know. Um, I, uh, I, um, I do it in other things, other things that I'm interested in, finances and stuff. I will pay yeah. for the time of a professional that deals in oh. that kind of stuff. I am going to have to end it there because my mum is ringing me. Um, but thank you so <laughs> much for coming on, Tyler. 